Welcome back to the Doc and Dunn's podcast. It's your boy Rob with my homie and co-host Big Reef. What's going on, good brother? What's going on, black man? We back again. You know what I'm saying? For the third week in a row or for the third episode for the Doc and Dunn's podcast. Uh, bringing that information that's raw, relevant, and real. You know, as we like to say, we got something to say. Giving people what they want in the words of the great Jalen Rose and the words of the OJs. You know what I'm saying? So I'm here. We back at it Thursday. All right. A few days before Father's Day. After, of course, the death of George Floyd. Once again, you know, we got to keep that brother in, in, in our thoughts because he sparked the nation. Once again, we are still part of uh, COVID-19, coronavirus quarantine life, you know. So uh, we still here, man. We still here. You and I, me and you. Hey, man, you know what? First thing I want to say is loving these new mics that we got, man. We sound real good right about now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big shout out to our producer extraordinaire. Yeah, you know I mean, who, who who made sure we have mics. And also for the people that did suggest that we get mics and make it sound a little clear. I mean, I'm loud as it is. I don't necessarily need no extra loudness in my life, but you know, definitely a good shout out to them that uh, suggested that we get mics. Shout out to uh, uh, I'm not gonna give them a plug, but to the consumer that or the company that sold us the mics. You know, I usually look forward to this time of year, not because it's summertime, because I'm not a summer person by far. I'm a um, I'm a winter person. I love the winter time. I don't like. Summer. But we did mention Father's Day. Every year around this time, I shoot off to D.C. Um, we have the Beer and Bourbon Fest out at the National Harbor in D.C. But because of COVID nineteen, things got canceled this year, so it's not going. It's not going to, uh, you know, be the same. This is going to be like the first weekend in I think four years that we don't get to go to the fest. Something a little different this year. We're gonna still get together. Um, my boy is going to barbecue. We're going just the three dads is just going to hang out and kick it out on VA. You got plans for this weekend? Uh, to be honest with you, man, um, I didn't know what was going on. My daughter just started a new job, so I don't know what she wants to do. So, I mean, every year, you know, fathers don't get the love like mothers do. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, right, right. Father's Day, I mean, you get acknowledgement, but it's like dads get barbecues. They get, like, yeah. you know, the big piece of chicken, you know, stuff right. like that. They don't get, like, you know, moms go to Olive Garden. They go to the fancy restaurants. They get flowers. Fathers mm-hmm. might get a shirt or a tie or a pair of socks. I mean, my daughter, she, you know, in, in uh, uh, past few years, she's giving me some decent gifts. I can't remember. I think she gave me a hat last year um, or whatever, a Bulls hat. But, I mean, I don't have any plans to answer your question. I mean, like I said, with the COVID-19 and things of that nature, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, maybe we'll grab some food, go sit in the park. Maybe I'll just you chill, go. you know what I'm saying, something like that or whatever, you know, and kind of keep it moving in that regard. So, nothing major. Nothing major. My daughter tried to give me grief. She was like, how you going to go away in his Father's Day? I said, I, it's the same thing I do every year. I come home on Sunday so I can hang out with y'all right. and, and, you know, we kick it whatever. Because my, my thing every year is I don't I like to be recognized I don't need a big a big to do so to speak um, right. to acknowledge whatever my right. biggest thing is I want to spend time with my kids on that particular day right. and you know that's what means a lot to me for them I guess their presence is not acknowledgement enough or whatever so if they want to say oh we want to hang out with you today dad 
that, that works for me. And that's, right. you know, that's enough for me. Right. You know what I think it is, is the fact that, you know, you are a constant and we are constant in our children's lives. Um, we both have daughters similar in age, but we're constant in our lives from day one. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not trying to slight anybody that, you know, whatever, everybody has a different situation as far as when it comes to fatherhood and parenting. You know, my daughter has always lived in a separate household than me. So, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you know, the weekends and holidays and things of that nature, and we have a good relationship. At least I feel as though we have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. But I say that to say, you know, it's like, like I said, you don't necessarily need the recognition. It's just like another day and you get like, a little, like I said, you get a little more extra incentives and things of that nature mm-hmm. um, and, and all. But like I say, as a parent, you know, you feel that you are, um, I guess, important. Uh, the values of fatherhood are what's going to come out in your child as she gets older or as, right. as he gets older. That's what you start to see. And I, and I can say this. You know, um, my father, you know, and I love my father to death, uh, senior, pop senior, as I like to say, um, you know, I understand probably now at this age, what he was doing as a man and what he was trying to instill in me as a man and what I try to instill in, in, into my daughter um, as a young lady, you know, um, and, and like I say, this is going to be, you know, a, um, a Father's Day because she's older now, you know, um, and like right. I said, it is COVID-19 and, you know, we don't know what we're going to do, but she's definitely older now and how are we going to celebrate and how things are going to go. That's, that's one thing. But also hopefully the things I've tried to instill in her, you know, she, it will resonate in her. Um, not now, because, you know, they teenagers still. They don't want to know everything. Know everything. Right. But yeah. Maybe once she gets in her early 20s or mid 20s or early 30s and mid 30s, she'll be like, oh, yeah, my pops told me that. Are you trying to say this? I'm trying to say that, you know, and we kind of just go from there, you know, good brother. So, but uh, listen, uh, you know, uh, and I want to make this point before we get into what we get into. I know we talk about Father's Day, but last week we talked about COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things that we forgot to mention it episode is out now COVID-19 the new norm on all platforms good brother tell us the platforms that Dr. Dust podcast is on you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud Apple Podcasts CastBox Spotify Amazon so one of the things that I forgot to mention uh, um, last week's episode was the guru the super scientist the father of, of pandemics if you want to say the mm-hmm. man that we believe more uh, as far as dealing with this than the actual person that resides in the White House, I don't call him president. I say the person that resides in the White House. I say the person, same thing. The person that probably should be uh, at the forefront, or was at the for- forefront at one time, but they kind of kicked him to the curb once he started telling the truth. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci um, from Brooklyn, New York City. I got to give him a loud hand clap. You know what I'm saying? Because if it wasn't for him, you know, we would not know a lot of things that we know. But I say that to say, even within the past few days, it is saying, uh, he's always said that we're going to have spikes, and we acknowledged that last week. Mm-hmm. But now he's saying that with the possible ideas of um, sports coming back, that mm-hmm. everybody possibly may need to be in a bubble. And that um, if they're not in a bubble, of course the cases are going to rise, as we start to see in certain parts of the United States and Florida and Texas. But mm-hmm. um, just recently, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, right. back, running back from the Dallas Cowboys, a few of the uh, Houston Texans have contracted it. Kareem Hunt, I just found out as it from, uh, from, from, yeah. from the Browns. He's playing for Kansas yeah. City. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, and I was going to say some of the uh, 13 players from the Texas Longhorns, the uh, uh, University of Texas College Football, they have it. So, listen, man, this is like, I mean, and I don't mean it to belittle it, like, but it was it said, or the thought is everyone will get it, or at least you may come in contact with someone that you may know that you may be exposed to it. That's the word I should say. Possibly. And then 
how you your body reacts from there is going to be right. how it goes. And, and, and I just read something from Dr. Oz. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm always looking at these little facts. But it's right. a disp- we know it's disproportionate, but it's almost six times disproportionate in black and brown communities compared to white communities. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we're still at an alarming rate. Not only are we still being affected, but, the, you know, the mortality and the survival rate. Um, like I said, we had our guest on last week, Nurse Ali and our brother Lance, and they came on and talked about it. But, man, this thing is real, man. This thing is definitely real. So It's real, and it's not going away for, for a while. I was talking to my, my neighbor the other day, who's a senior. He was sitting out on his uh on his front porch, and, you know, we passed orders or whatever, and he was just like, man, I'm tired of going to places and wearing a mask. And I was like, yeah, you and me both. And, I, you know, he was like, I'm a senior, and, you know, I, I can't take no chances on getting it. And I, and I was like, you, you know, you're definitely right. You know, last week I talked about my mom and her being a senior. But, um, you know, what I told him was, I was like, the reality is we are going to we gonna be walking around with masks for, for a minute. And he was like, you know, yeah, at least till January, February. But the reality is we might be a lot longer than that. And, you know? and, yeah, and we might be, and, and you know what, it's, you know, and I think you may mention last week with um, China, for years, people have been walking right. around with masks and we kind of tease them. I mean, rest in peace. Remember Michael Jackson used to wear a mask. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That is the reality that we live in now. I mean, mm-hmm. the only thing, like now, you know, when I see people without a mask, I'm like, oh, okay. That's how we doing it. Yeah. You know I, drove, I was driving, I ran to the store a couple hours ago and I drove past one of the ice cream stands or whatever. There's about 20 people outside. And yeah. You know what I mean? The mask I saw? Uh, no. I, I was going to say no, but I figured that you, I was going to give you at least benefit of the doubt uh, too. None. But here's the thing. Like, okay, and if you correct me if I'm wrong, you wear a mask when you're in close proximity. If right. you're socially distancing, you may be okay, but you should even, I know in the state of California, I think it came out, Governor Newsom, I believe his name is, came out between yesterday and today saying that it's mandated that you always wear a mask and they don't care where you are. That's right. number one. Number two, six feet, I'll say six feet, like I said last week, six feet plus social mm-hmm. distancing as far as it's But when people are online, like when I went to the grocery store the other day, like people mm-hmm. are six feet or not even six feet. Like I'm not saying they're four feet or, or, or I mean, le- uh, less than four feet, but it's like, they're exactly six feet. I'm like, no, I need to be way back from right. you because right. I don't know. And especially like when you're walking down the aisles, I try to like, mm-hmm. if I see two people in the aisle, I try to go to another aisle or I try to like, yeah. you know, slide my body. You, can't, you know, you can't see my motion, but slide my body to one way or another. It's mm-hmm. like, it's real, man. It's real. Like you said, people, you know, it's nice out. I get it. You know, it's mm-hmm. summertime. We all feeling like, I was even thinking, you know, like, oh man, you know, my, my anniversary is coming up. I want to go somewhere. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, wait, hold up. Like, this is still a pandemic. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you see, yourself. The other, the other side of that is, I know every state opens up differently. For all our listeners that aren't from PA, we have three levels. We have red, yellow, and then green. Part of PA is already in the green. I'm on the on the southeastern side in Philadelphia, um, we just opened up to yellow. And I strongly believe that a lot of people um, in the city look at it like, okay, we in the yellow now, stuff is open up. Oh, we good. We can do yeah, whatever. And right. you know, that's not the case. And the bad part is when we were still in the red, it was people doing whatever. You know, right, I right. saw, you know, pictures and videos of people huddled up. The house parties never stop. This is why we're going to be dealing with this thing longer than we, you know, than we need to. Right. I commend the states that took this seriously from the jump, like California, right. and said, we're not playing. This is how we're going to, you know, we're going to handle this. And and the results of their numbers being low show that, you know, that they did what they had to do and that they're, you know, they're taking it seriously. But you know, there's a lot of things I like about Pennsylvania. I think opening up certain parts of the state was a bad idea. Way well, too premature. Like we said last week, we did open up premature. Even uh, Nurse Ali said that um, 
we don't open up premature. And here's the thing. We opened up premature, but Texas and Florida opened mm-hmm. up way before we did. And right. now they're saying that Florida is going to be the possible new epicenter of, you know, the United States. So, I mean, it's like, to be honest with you, I understand the economy. And that's really why, you know, a lot of places, a lot of the states did open up. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the red states opened up. The states mm-hmm. that are red, you know, red and blue, Democrat, Republican, that have mm-hmm. Republican leadership or red leadership, they opened up first. Why? Because of the economy, which right. I understand, you know, you don't want to have, you know, 40, 50 million people collect the unemployment. But it's like, you know, at what cost? I heard mm-hmm. uh, Steve Harvey say it, uh, yesterday morning when I was driving to take care of some business. And he said, at what cost are you, are we going to go back to work because we got to provide our family and take that chance to get to catching it and then, you know, possibly getting sick and, you know, dying and things of that nature. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot that we, that we are kind of, um, you know, dealing with in that regard, we mm. have to make sure we just got to go about it better. We just got to go right. about doing things better. We have to make sure that we are, we have to make sure that we are just, just doing the right thing. We got to protect our own. Yeah, yeah, I mean, thank you. Thank at the end of the day, I know what you were trying to say. <laughs> at the end of the day, all you can do is be mindful of you and yours. Whether it's, if you live by yourself, protect your own suite. If you got a family, you can be the watcher over your household. And as, you know, as men, as fathers, you know, that's what we ultimately have to do. And we get our family on the right track. And the purpose is to protect you. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be hard. My greatest concern is your well-being. I know it's hard to be restricted. And that's, you know, that's what it is. And, you know, without speaking of, you know, protecting the family and, and things like that, um, you know, I often reflect on, you know, my fatherhood experience growing up because, you know, you was talking about your dad earlier. And we've been right. friends for almost 30 years. I met your mom. You know, I've right. seen your mom a few times. I've never met your dad or whatever. And, you know, in a, in a good way, I often want to choose my words right sometimes i envy friends who actually who, who grew up with their father and actually still at our age they'll have because a lot of people who still had their fathers their fathers are deceased now whatever but i didn't grow for anybody that don't know i didn't grow up with my father consistently in my life he was gone or i guess about when i was like somewhere between eight and ten years old tried to rekindle a relationship in a half-ass way when i was in high school and then he passed when i was 19 years old and you know one of the one of the biggest challenges that i have and i talked to my mentor about this is how do you father children when you wasn't father, you know, yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the, you know, another concern that I, I guess that's the biggest challenge, but one of the con- other concerns that I have is just raising, well, my daughter's 19 now. She, she's about to be 20, but I guess I have a, a four-year-old son. So raising a young male in today's, you know, society, how do you raise a black child in this world, preparing for life in a in a country, and in, in maybe in some cases in a world where everything is valued, but people with this dark skin color. And it's like, you know, you got to think about education. You got to think about keeping them alive. You got to think about you know survival skills and, and you know things like that so you know for me that's one of you know one of my biggest challenges right now how about yourself well first of all i want to commend you good brother and we've been friends like i said for a long time man and i remember uh just a quick story i remember when you told me that you were having a child i remember like it was yesterday i think i always tell mm-hmm. the story you called me i think we was talking on the phone and he's like yo i'm about to get married i was like for real he's like yeah because i'm having a baby so you know um i think our daughters are three years in difference uh and as far mm-hmm. as age but i commend you for being a, not only a good father but a great father. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, parenting is not an easy thing. I think anybody knows that there's no handbook when they tell you that you make, when you're doing this thing called parenting, there's definitely no handbook. And one of the things that I'll say, and I'm going to make, make a point of reference to what you were saying, but for me and having my, I, my father is, is my father is I love my father, but at one point in time, I did not want to be like my father. What I mean by that is, my father was hard. You know what I'm saying? Anybody that know Wayne Sharif Sr., you know what I'm saying? He is hard. He loud. Think he know it all. 
You know what I'm saying? He, you know, uh -huh. he, this, he, he is, you know, I'm still scared of my father. And what I mean, I don't mean scared as far as fear. Like, you know, I was like, you know, I, I don't want to disappoint. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I say that to say, but as far as you and what you just said, as far as, you know, the relationship that you have with your father kind of in and out and at a certain point in time he passed and for you to kind of pick up or, or, or try to make sure that you make sure that you uh, have those values as a father and not really kind of having uh, a blueprint, mm. like you've done a great thing. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of times I remember just that you and I having a relationship we had and the difference in our girls, you know, I would bounce ideas off of you like, yo, what's this? What's that? Right. Teenage years, like, yo, how you deal with this? How you deal with that? This is that. Mm. And, and one of the things that I learned, and you know, my child, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, you know what I'm saying? She's, she's definitely uh, <laughs> uh, coming into her own as a person. She has, you know, one of the things that, that I've learned is that you got to be real and you got to be honest. Yes. Um, I yes. think that, you know, I don't think I can ever say that I wasn't real. But I think at one point in time, I tried to shelter her from mm. not so much the world, but trying to uh, shelter her from having, you know, uh, uh, you know, bad experiences or certain mm. things like, you know, we as black men and as boys, what's the first thing? Yo, be tough. You know right. Don't cry. Don't do this. Don't do that. But when our girls, it's like, oh, you know, be this, be that, be lady like this, this and that. And of mm. course, she's a lady because she gets those, those attributes from her mother. Um, right. And, and, and for the women that are around her, her Nana and, and um, you know, my wife and other women have had a good influence on her. So she's gotten that. But from a male standpoint, I've always just tried to be real. I always try to tell her, you know, certain things because I'm a male. So I right. know how males think, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Um, so I say that to say, man, you know, I give you mad props, yo. I give you mad props as far as, you know, how you have parented um, and the type of child that you've raised. Because, you know what I'm saying? Um, we here at the Dr. Dust podcast, you know, we um are not only two black male educators, but we are two black male fathers. I got on my shirt, it says Black Fathers Matter. All right. And I really firmly believe that, of course, Black Fathers Matter. We've been doing this for a minute now. You almost right. got a 20 year old. Man, when they say time fly, <laughs> time fly. And when and, and people when <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, People yeah. say to you like, you know, hey, you got a, you got a, a almost twenty year old and a four year old. Like, what was you thinking? Yeah, that, that honestly. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that because I'm not trying to have that fate. I mean, you know, I, we will, we'll get to that. I, listen, ah, oh, man, I get. Well, listen, man, listen. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you a little his, a quick history, real quick. Okay, because all right. I, I grew up. So the way I grew up, um, I have two older sisters. My okay. oldest, my oldest sister is just my father's daughter. He had her before him and my mom went, my mom met. But you know, we're close as if we grew up in the same household. Then I have um, my other sister, who you know, my father and my mom had together, and then there's me. I always wanted to have a younger sibling, and um, and this was even after my mom and dad separate, you know, separated or whatever. And my mom was just like, "It's not happening. It's not happening." I'm like, "What? She got a younger sibling. Why well, can't have a younger sibling?" And then, you know, lo and behold, you find out is you got to face the reality. It's not happening. So I grew up wanting a big family. I didn't get to have a big family, but I wanted one. So I used to be like, yeah, when I get old, I'm going to have 10 kids. I had a girlfriend in college. Maybe it was maybe my sophomore year of college. And we used to talk about it. I was like, yeah, I want 10 kids. What you think about that? She was like, really, really, really? And she was like, yeah, she was cool. She was down with it. Of course, the relationship didn't last. But that's, that's the side of the point. When my daughter was born that number quickly declined from 10 to 4. And I was like, oh, you know, this parent thing is for real. 
maybe we're going to scale it back a little. I just want four kids. Then, you know, things happen over time or whatever. Years go by. And I'm like, maybe I, I want to try for that boy. Um, if it don't happen, you know, it's whatever. But it's funny how, you know, I, I reflect back and I'm like, what was I thinking? Wanting 10 kids at one point in time. Like parent is not, parenting is not for the week. And I think that's why I'm so par- so passionate about parenting. I get upset. You know, when people abandon their kids or when people, you know, right. don't don't take care of their kids and being, you know, being in education or educators, you get to see both sides of the coin. You see the parents that's real invested. Then you see the ones who just kind of like not involved. And I get aggravated because when you call them about their kids or whatever, and it's like, yo, Johnny's not doing such and such. And then, you know, well, what do you want me to do? I want right. you to do right by your child. Right. So we can break whatever cycle is going on and he have, you know, he have some wherewithal and some desire to do for himself. So, you know, I don't, I never belittle a person when they're not, so, you know, some people can't do beyond what they know. So if they don't have the tools, it's kind of hard for them to do it. But I am pa- so passionate about, you know, parenthood and more so fatherhood because I'm a father, not to be biased, but I am more passionate about that. And um, so I, I take parenting, my parenting very seriously. I don't get it all right, but I try to, you know, I pay attention to a lot of people. You know, I, I had maybe like two real people that I could actually look towards when I was growing up and kind of like pattern myself after, take a little of this, leave this to the side and figure out what type of parent, um, you know, that I wanted to be. So, right. Well, listen, listen, I only thing I can say is that kudos to you, good brother. You are definitely a great parent. And with that being said, we have our two uh, uh, guests for this evening. You guys... Uh, Y'all can introduce yourselves. Yeah, yeah, we got our two guests. Daughters. Yeah, our beautiful daughters. Let's give them a live hand clap. Let's give them a live hand clap. Um, now, both of y'all, both now, check this out. Quite uh, <laughs> the audience. Is, I, for, for those you guys, but I'm looking at these two young ladies, and if you look at the screen, you would think that they could possibly be sisters. So, uh, <laughs> light, light and bright. <laughs> this is going to be fun. So, listen, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I think, Anaya, you go ahead, because you are, uh, I think you're a little, you're the oldest. Go ahead, mama. Um, my name's Anaya. I'm 19, and I'll be 20 in 11 days. Oh, wow. So specific. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go, okay, all right. You want me to go now? Yeah, you can go. That's my child. Go ahead. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lizzie, um, and I'm 17. All right, so well, listen, Lizzie and Naya, welcome to our podcast. I know we've talked, probably beat y'all in the head about it, but we appreciate you coming on because we know teenagers have lives and y'all got stuff to do. So we appreciate you taking time out for your pops and spending some time with us this, this day. Of course. Thank no you. Problem. So we know, I'm sure you guys heard um, some of the conversation that we was having and, you know, um, Reef and myself, we've had different fathering experiences, but despite our experiences, um, it has both brought us to wanting to be the best fathers that we could be for you. And I hope you guys not so much appreciate, but approve of the job that we are trying to do in your lives um, so far. Just know that everything we do is from the heart, and we just want you guys to be the best that you can be. I think they know that. Let's let's get to the nitty gritty. I think we know that. Let's, <laughs> let's, not, let's not sugarcoat things, because I mean, I, you know, my, my daughter's at this stage, you know, she... I know, like, I, I, I beat in the head for so long. She knows uh-huh. how I feel. She knows, like, she's starting to become more. And, and this is the this is the crazy thing. This is the uh, uh, guy's honest truth. I think a few years ago, she might have, I think maybe she was, like, turning 14 or 15. Um, mm. I was one day, I think I she did something. I probably got upset or whatever. And um, 
I think I went and told Anitra something. And Anitra was like, I don't know why you mad. She's just like you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? She like, what? I'm like, she's like, yeah, she's just like you. Like she's just, you know, she's just low version, little different. Cause I used to, you know, I used to always think like, oh, Lizzie ain't like me. Like, I ain't that stubborn. I ain't that hard-headed, you know, so on and so forth. But she is, and I and I say that it's a gift and a curse. I don't mean to, you know, she has her own personality, mm -hmm. but when I want something, I want it. When mm -hmm. I want to do something, I do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's, it's a gift and a curse, because sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Sometimes, right. you know, I may get in trouble or hurt people's feelings. Sometimes I may get accolades for it. So I say that to say, you know, knowing, and, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say I know my child like the back of my hand, but I know my mm. child well enough. If she's doing something that's out the norm, it's like, okay, what you doing, yo? You know what I'm right. saying? And, I, and, right. and so I say that to say, of course, they know we love them. You know what I'm saying? I, I think this at this stage of the game, they at the age where, I mean, I hope that they can learn and learn from their own uh, errors and mistakes and have almost their own life lessons, you know what I'm saying, you know, to to a certain degree. But ladies, what's up? How y'all feeling? I'm okay. You good? Okay. All right. Did you work today, uh, 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 my child? Yeah. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna put a name out there. I ain't gonna put a full government out there because I don't, you know what I'm saying? She, you know what I'm saying? She got fans and, and she always says, I know y'all be on Instagram and IG all day. They be like, I got fans. You know what I'm saying? As long as I got no OnlyFans page, you know, that's, that's, that's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a different thing. But uh, go ahead. Y'all, that laugh was a way too familiar. Like, y'all know what that is? You know how some yeah. stuff you just don't yeah. want your kid to know about, but they're going to know about it anyway? No, what it is, they don't want their parents to know about it. That's right. what it is. They don't want yeah. their parents to know about it. They don't care. We, they, don't, they don't want us to know about the OnlyFans and, and all like that or whatever. So it's all good. But uh, go ahead, good brother. So listen. I just want y'all to know anything that y'all say will not be held against y'all. Maybe. What is court? <laughs> nah. No, no, seriously. What is it? I I, I really want to know, like, both of y'all have mothers, both of y'all have fathers who are who are who are active and invested in your life. What is it like being our daughters? Like, I know that's a broad question, but I'm I'm pretty sure both of you guys are, are intelligent enough to, to answer that question. Um, you want me to go first? You can go first. Being Wayne Cherie's daughter. Ooh, <laughs> No, no, no. I'm not I'm not gonna gel. Um it's it's like you ever see like a movie and it has like all genres in it? It has like comedy, has mm -hmm. action, has like that. It has yeah. all different aspects to it, you know. You know, we have our ups and downs like anybody would, any relationship would. Um, you know, I mean that's how I, I guess I, the best way I can put it is fun sometimes. Mm -hmm. that's fun. That's <laughs> That's a good way to describe your dad, because the man that I know, that's pretty much him. You get a little of everything with him. And, right. you know, that's good because it shows how authentic he is. So it, right. it, it transfers right into his, his parenting. So that's that's what's up. Anaya, what is it like being a uh, big rock? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not explaining, but um, when I was younger, I always thought he was the bad guy. Like, I, he was always um, a stricter parent. His voice was deeper. I was scared of him. I had no reason to be scared of him. But as I got like out of middle school, started going to high school, my relationship with my mom started getting bad. So I had my dad to fall back on. And I was like, oh, he's not so bad. Like he's not as bad as I thought he was. He's kind of he's kind of a cool guy. And like she said, like he was like everything in one. Like yeah, he'd be strict sometimes. He'd get on my nerves. But he's like my best friend. What, what do you, and I'm asking Anaya, what, when did you realize you said he's not such a bad guy and you know, what I guess what turning point or what moment 
made you realize like he wasn't the bad guy you thought he was? And, and, um, if, you can't, and if you can't pinpoint exactly, maybe give me a scenario or, you know. No, like my mom, as I got older, she didn't really know how to, like she wasn't the, like the level-headed parent. So when I used to get in trouble in high school, I got in a lot of trouble in high school. My mom would just freak out, curse me out, get upset. My dad would be like, okay, well, well why'd you do this? She's this old, she's this age. Like people this age are gonna act like this, this is what we used to do. Like she would just yell, 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 yell. And my dad would be like, basically I'm already yelling. So I like that because I don't like being yelled at, obviously. And he's more level-headed. So I used to be, I, don't, I used to be scared of him, but as I got older in college, I started being more scared of my mom because I had to hear her mouth. And like in college, I did really bad my first year. And I texted my dad so upset. I was like, I got such a bad GPA. I'm so sorry. Like, are you disappointed in me? He was like, no, I'm not disappointed. A lot of people do, don't do that. Great their freshman year in college because it's a hard adjustment. Just do better next time. As opposed to my mom yelling, I had to leave the house. Like, I had to go on a walk because it was just too much. And eventually, like, with my dad, I could be a lot more open with him. Like, I just made the decision to not go back to school. Mm -hmm. So listen to the military. I still haven't told my mom because I'm not ready for her reaction. Mm -hmm. Because she was always like, college, college, college. My dad's like, well, plan, plan, plan. If you have a plan, follow through with your plan. Don't okay. tell your mom about this episode yet, okay? Go ahead, good brother. Yeah. All right, so I want to make sure I ask y'all this question right. Is there something about us that you would that you would change or that you really don't like about us? Choose your answers wisely. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> or what could we do better? I'll put it that way. I don't know. Like well, that's great. When I first when I first moved here, um, you would be nagging and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you just like tiny stuff. But I realized it's for regular stuff like clean my room, wake up, walk the dog. Like, but she would just take it to the extreme. But um, pretty much nothing. Like one time I asked my dad, like, when I have kids, can you write a book about how to be a good parent? Because I want to be a parent like you. He said no. <laughs> you gotta learn on the fly, baby girl. You gotta learn on the fly. Yeah, no, it's, I'm just it's no, it's no book. It's no book to parent it. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, uh, little mama. Um, change anything? I would probably say that we like lift. I feel like that would change our relationship. Like we don't have a bad relationship now, but like you know, like growing up, you know, having like you know, seeing my friends' parents together. Like, you know, I just kind of wish I would have had that. I feel like, I don't know if it would have changed anything, like, better or worse. But, you know, like, every parent, like, I mean, every child, like, wants that, you know. Like, that's, like, I guess the American dream or whatever. But that would be the only thing. So that, like, I guess not being separated, um, you know. Okay. And I want to piggyback off of that, too. Uh, Taisha, I saw you nod your... I mean, not Taisha, my fault. Wow, Anaya, my bad. I heard you say Taisha, my bad. But for those who don't know, well, we ain't going to go there, but you know. Yeah, we got to go there. Um, Anaya, I, served you, I saw you nod your head when Elizabeth said, you know, I guess the thought of, of you know, her mother and I kind of, you know, staying together um, throughout yeah. her years. Do you feel, did you feel that way at, the, at one point in time as well? Yeah, like, I always tell my friends, like, you have parents that are still together, you're lucky, like, it's not really common for people's parents to be still together anymore like as you know most women are just people get divorced five years in mm -hmm. so i always wanted like i'm not gonna say i always wanted to live with my dad but i always wanted to be closer to my dad like i was in new york he was in maryland and when he was in jersey i moved to new jersey right after he moved to pennsylvania so while he always made it work i wish um he was a little bit like he was closer like i could just walk down the street and go see how to my dad like or i could be like oh daddy 
um, he picked me up from school today, like stuff like that. But now it's like, now that I live with him, it's like so much better. I'm like, finally, it's a long time coming, 16 years later. <laughs> you know, they say, sometimes they say better late than never, but I, I share the sentiment. Um, but you know, everything in due time, things happen when they're supposed to happen. And you know, we've never, you know, lost the beat. So, you know, you just gonna pick up like it was, like, you know, we've been here all the time. So, um, good, uh, good. No, I was going. I was going to ask you guys, and I didn't know. Um, we 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 uh, during the, we are in the current times or crazy times right now. Um, as far as, of course, we all know about George Floyd. If you haven't, if you don't know about George Floyd, you've been living under a rock. But how has that affected you guys, or you, how has it affected you as young people and as young black women um, in this, you know, society? Like, how, how do you feel about it? What are your thoughts? Um. I just got a car, so now when I drive, if there's a police officer behind me, I get like nervous, like I get a little scared. Like, um, am I doing the speed limit? Let me put my phone down. Um, let me not look at my phone. Like, yeah, why, like you, you ain't supposed to be driving with no phone. No, I have a, um, a thing on the oh, dashboard. Okay. But Listen, like, the 17-year-old, the 17-year-old is gonna be driving like like soon, and I know she's probably been bugging her mother to let her drive and mm -hmm. she's trying to get the maxima. So don't give it no ideas. Yeah. You know um, what I was saying about going into my senior high school, I didn't get a car until I was going to my junior college. And I, at my like at the beginning, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna car, I'm gonna car, I'm gonna car, I'm gonna drive a car. And my dad was like, oh, I don't think you're ready. And my stepdad was like, oh, I'm gonna just ready. But at the end of the day, like I wasn't ready because if I would have had a car, Mm -hmm. So I don't want them to see him as a threat at eight years old thinking he's like 11. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to respond to that in a second, but Lindsay, I want to let you go, let you respond first and then I'm going to ask you guys a question. Okay. Um, With everything going on right now, um, you know, it's real. I knew it was real before, mm -hmm. but now seeing everybody else, I, I don't want to say join, but I don't know how to word it, but um, it's just more of an eye opener. Because, um, you know, I knew about it, you know, like I would see it, I would hear it, but now it's like, it's for real. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's not, um, a joke or anything like that. Like it was never a joke before, but like, you know, I didn't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I didn't know how serious it really was. Like I've always been aware of it, but. Now I'm just really aware because it, you know, not just us, but affects everybody else. Right. And, um, with having a brother, and you know, a stepdad and a dad, and you know, uncles and such, it's just, you know, I make sure I have my brother's location. Mm. You know, like I have his location, just in case anything were to happen to him or anything like that. Like you know, the lynchings and such that have been happening like it's right. just it's crazy how nothing has really changed it's just time mm. you know now do you guys do you guys feel like you're prepared to deal with this type of stuff like if you're out on your own and you're counter things like this so the other day um Anaya and I myself we were driving down the street and somehow we we came up um we got on the topic of being called a nigger and I asked Anaya, um, I said, what would you do? I said, have you ever been called a nigga by a white person? Or what would you do if you was called one? She's like, oh, I'll punch him in the face or whatever like that. <laughs> and I was like, you know, why You know, why would that be your response? Because, you know, by definition, now we we know that our our culture has come to use this word as a term of endearment or whatever. But as I've gotten older, 
I will say I'm guilty of using the word, but I'm not, I don't use it as much as I used to use it. I actually use it by its Webster's dictionary definition. So which it says is a person of ignorance. And um, so I don't apply it to a race per se. I apply it. If you're an ignorant person and I'm frustrated enough and I want to refer to you in that way, that's how I'm going to refer to you. And I've actually called people that to their face one time that who are not black. And well, I'm gonna just put it out there. I called the white person a nigga before, and it was a man. Wait, with a hard R or with the A? With a hard huh? uh, the ER or you said with an E R or an A? I, it was with a. It was with the A. And what happened was he cut me off in the street, and I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" or whatever. And he, you know, gave me all types of little things. Was cussing me out and called me a stupid ass, whatever. And I was like, "Well, you know, f you too, stupid nigga." And he got so irate, <laughs> and it's, it amazed me that you know. A group, one group of people can refer to another group of people in this way as a means to offend you, and then when that same term gets flipped that flipped back on you, you take it so offensively. And I wasn't using it in a in a means to demean the man, but I was like, no, what you just did was ignorant. You was in the wrong, and you want to curse me out for you being the wrong. So yeah, you're acting like a nigga right now. But you know, I always tell people if a white person called me nigga, I have never been called one to my face. So if one called me one behind my back, I don't know about it. But if they did, I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to be like, who are you talking to, whatever, like that. I might turn around and say, well, no, you a nigga. And I'll, or I might, you know, say something else and just walk away. But it always, it always surprises me how people get to the point where they get physical because they're so offended by someone calling them a nigga. And so anyway, I say all that to, to ask you, do you guys feel prepared for what this country is showing us as a people right now. Do you feel like we have prepared you to, to deal with this stuff in the day in and the day out? There you go. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say yes and no. Okay. Yes. I feel like you guys have prepared us. You guys have taught us. You have, you know, shown us how to I guess maneuver in different situations and how to handle different situations and such. But no because I know myself and I know my temper and I know my attitude and I know my mouth. Mm. So therefore it's kind of like half and half. Like, yes, we have been prepared, but at the same time, I can't, you know, I can't promise anything. Like I just know myself. So real quick, Reeve, I want to ask you a question because she said um, she knows her temper and we know where our people, where anybody, and living in this world, this day and age, where a temper can get you. How do you feel about that? Hearing your daughter saying, well, "You know, I, I know what my temper." I was I, actually, I got a few stories. Now, if y'all got time, I'm gonna tell you stories. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, let, let uh, Anaya go. Have, go ahead. Go ahead. I have the worst memories. So I always forget. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say, um, no, because I mean, yes and no, because like she said, like you prepared us, but I feel like I wouldn't know if I was in that situation, and right. it's not just police brutality like there's plenty of videos on twitter like people going into their homes or just working out white people or karens are like uh, yeah. you, you stupid n-word go home go back to your country go back to africa da, da, da. i don't know what i would do in this situation i'd probably be like lady get out of these breasts without me but <laughs> that also the way white people are you play victim and that would give me in more trouble than Right. Just telling her to get on my face. Yeah, I, I, and I don't want to cut you off or not, but I, I got to say this. I think it depends on the situation. I think you probably, okay. you are definitely more level-headed than me. You've always been, even in, in our friendship, even when we were younger. 
Uh, but I think as far as with Elizabeth, here's the thing, and this is I, this is one of the things I didn't realize until she got older. And I'm gonna tell this story. I'm gonna make this point. I'm gonna tell this story real quick. This is probably one of the moments where I, I probably want to snatch her, and she probably she gonna laugh when I tell the story. But as far as her temper, and this is when I say Anitra says she's just like me, or even probably her mother may even say the same thing to a certain extent, is because I act off emotions. Sometimes mm -hmm. I don't like. I don't process in the moment well. Right. And mm -hmm. I act off emotions. Now I'm not as bad as I used to be because I'm I'm older and I try to like to put myself in certain situations. But I know when I was younger, I would be emotional and you know, so on and so forth. So that's one of the things I try to tell her. I always say uh, Liz, Liz, what do I always say to you? You say be a leader, not a follower. So and I and I learned that from my father at an early age. It's not just as far as leading of people, but always just kind of be yourself. Always just try mm -hmm. to be out on an island by yourself. That's right. one of the things that I learned from my father. So I always say that to Elizabeth that when I try to get her to think about now, as far as think, um, think before you react, think before you do. Um, and if you are going to do something, understand the consequences that's going to come. Because there's a lot of things, like I said, you know, thinking back on certain situations and Anaya made a point, you know, she was, you know, she, you know, of course she's living with dad now. Things are different. Like Liz stayed with me for a short period of time. And it was different for both of us because, you know, we used to, you know, she come over on the weekends and we do certain things. But, you know, she was she was living here and it was like, I'm used to eating and drinking all the food. Now I got to buy, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> extra stuff. And, you know, but I, I say that to say, as far as her temper and her emotions and things of that nature, I try to get her. And I hope as she gets not just older, but I hope that as she has experiences in life, mm -hmm. she will be able to control that because as a my fear as a father and my fear as a parent and my fear fear for the young people now is that their emotions can cause them to you know lose their lives you know what i'm saying right. for us you know well I, i'll say this not not just for us we can lose our lives at any point in time but especially the way things are now and possibly mm -hmm. moving forward you know mm -hmm. someone may say oh i felt threatened pop 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 well, I mm. felt this boom, boom, boom. So it's a little, it's it's not different, mm. but when you're put into that position or you have to, you know, uh, uh, think about, you know, Elizabeth uh, driving, Anaya driving, like mm. my long brother said it, you know, um, my thing is I just want my child to come home at night. Right, and, right. You know, I don't go to sleep until he or she comes home. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So and it's a, even, a, it's, I think uh, um, Proctor and Gamble made a commercial about it where they had the different scenarios and the girl was talking to the mother in the car, and she's like, "Mom, I know how to drive." She's like, "I'm not. I don't care about you getting a ticket. I want you to come home." And these are the right. conversations that now we have. I mean, we've had to have one all along, but now, you know, I haven't had that conversation with Liz because I told her she's not driving my car until uh, she's at least twenty. So, you know, she got at least three more years before she's my car. But in all seriousness, though, um, as far as her temper and emotions, I want her to be able to think through the process. Real quick story. One day I was picking up from school. She may remember this. She may not may or may remember. What it might have been like January, way, way before the COVID hit, right? Mm -hmm. I'm picking her up. I usually I used to pick her up on Fridays, right? So I picked her up from school and she walked into the car. She see me, her, her little franchise, Jay. Uh, 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 that's a roadie. So she comes to the car and I'm I'm listening to the music. And she said, I guess somebody must have said something to her. And she said, some, something, some. Hold on, hold on one second. She said, some, some, some bitch. And I said, you remember that, Liz? You remember that? You remember that? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, whoa, what you doing, yo? And she was like, I don't even know if she said sorry. I think she got in the car 
And I was like, yo, what's your problem? So she kind of was like, he was, she said something. And I was like, yo, you ain't gonna even say sorry? She was like, sorry. And I'm like, yo, you gotta chill, yo. Like, I'm like, yo, you gotta chill. You know what I'm saying? And so things like that. And I and trust me, I was once 17. I, I you know, we were once young adults. So I understand that. But first of all, I was upset because she had the nerve to say it in front of me. Now, here's the thing, I'm 44 years old. I still don't cuss in front of my parents. I was I was about to ask you if so, your mom so, if your mom ever heard you curse before. I mean, they heard at, me at curse. that age. At they that age. not at that age. They, no, actually, you know, my parents probably did have me curse. I probably more my mother with my friends and stuff like that. But I didn't do it like in front of them. So when she did it. I was like, and it, it kind of bothered me for a long period of time, like, you know, uh, uh, even after, I don't even think we had even discussed it. But mm -hmm. I say that to say, as far as emotions, and Anaya said it, how you act in certain situations, you mm -hmm. just have to be mindful because of the way things are. Not right. just as far as uh, dealing with law enforcement, but dealing with white folks, like you said, she said Karen's. You know, mm -hmm. white folks, you know, we see it on the news or on Instagram and all over. They quit to pick up the phone and say, you know, and I use the word nigga. Ah, shit. <laughs> Elizabeth, no, I, I, mean, I try not to say it, but mm -hmm. I'd be like, shit, I'd be like, man, these niggas crazy. So, and Lizzie <laughs> like, used to be like, yeah, don't say it. You know, when she was younger, she's like, yeah, don't say that. And I even remember one time, I think she said, uh, uh, um, and, she, and I don't know if she asked me why I said She said, I shouldn't say it. I try to be conscious of it. And I don't say it like every, other word out my mouth, but I'm like, these niggas is crazy, you know, stuff like that. All y'all niggas mm. fucking, you know, stuff like that. But um, my point is, you know, as far as going back to your initial point, as far as the temper and the emotions, I tried to get her to understand as well as her mother. We try to get her to understand that, you know, there's a consequence behind actions, um, whether they be positive or, you know, negative. And sometimes the negative actions, you know, can lead to certain things. So, you know, but I'm an emotional person, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I, I tried to you know, tell her as much as I try not to, um, you know, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Try to put my stamp imprint on her. She's mm. been around me, you know, although she may not live with me every day, but she's been around me. I think, you know, some of my influence on her has been, uh, is, is of course, is there, you know, whether it be good, bad, the good, bad, or the ugly. So, right. Well, listen, I, I can sit here and ask y'all questions all day, but I want to give y'all a moment. Is there anything y'all want to ask us or, or y'all want to yeah. share with us? But that... Before we do that, before we do that, this is Dr. Dust Podcast. Don't try this at home. Please Yo, subscribe to us. Subscribe to us. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, and your favorite, your favorite podcast website. Right Coming now. soon to TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. Oh. Subscribe now. <laughs> All right, so go ahead, ladies. You you guys, we've been talking, and if you know me, uh, both of y'all know me as far as the young ladies. Y'all know I could I, I get long winded. The bros been saying on the podcast, yo man, you long winded, man. You got chill, so we got to let anybody else talk. <laughs> so I'm gonna set up right now, and if you guys have any questions or things you want to ask us. And, you know, feel free to shoot. I've seen um, a lot of stuff on Twitter telling women to get their handgun licenses. How do you feel about your wife, sister, daughter, aunt, carrying the gun? I don't think, I guess I'm going to just go first. Yeah. I don't think gender yeah. or anything like that has to do with who operates or who has a license to carry a gun. My thing with gun ownership is, is a person of sound mind or sound body, are they, can they operate a gun responsibly? Um, I'm all for, um, 
you know, the right to bear arms, especially in the society that we live in um, right now. Um, I think everybody should at, at the least know how to operate a gun, how to arm it, how to disarm it, how to shoot at uh, at a target to protect their home. Now, everybody doesn't need to be walking around with one on their person. Um, but if you obtain, you know, your, your license to carry, so be it. But at the very least, I think people who have, you know, something or someone to protect, I think they should they should definitely know how to shoot and and, and own something to protect their house. Well, to, to piggyback off of that, uh, I definitely am in agreement. And uh, well, Elizabeth doesn't know, but one of the things I was going to do for her for her birthday um, was take her to the range um, and let her shoot and learn how to shoot. Um, Can I go too? Can I go too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, listen, no, your, your father. Your She's father been like, asking me for several years. Your so. father like the black John Wick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God, man, listen. I'm, I, and, and let me say this to it. And, and, and I, I'm a gun owner. Um, I have a, a license to carry. Carries permit. I don't carry a pistol. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. Now it's a little different, but who knows? But mm -hmm. I say that to say I just use it to protect my home. Right. Um, and and one of the things, like you say, you have to be responsible because a lot of things. Here's the thing that I learned when I um I took a Nitro when we first got married. And mm -hmm. I think I shot a Glock 17. And I think that's why I fell in love with that 380. I think I shot a mm -hmm. Glock and 380. And I mm -hmm. fell in love with it. And I say that to say, when you're using a gun, people don't like people that get in these situations, they just pull out a gun and start shooting. They mm -hmm. don't respect the power of a gun. Because right. if you understand the power of a gun, it can take someone's lives mm -hmm. or hurt them. You hopefully will use it differently. Now, mm -hmm. I say that to say, and as far as you guys being young ladies, and automatically you said, I want to I want to go. And Lizzie, I saw her nod her head. The first thing that you know they teach us how to handle the gun, because mm. any fool could pick up a gun and start start trying to shoot. But right. if you pick it up and then you don't know how if it's one of the chamber or you don't know how to load it, and you can hurt yourself before you do anything else. So I say that to say, um, yes, I, I am in favor of um, women, um, you know, and I think that was your question: women um, using guns or, or possessing firearms. But I definitely think that anyone, male or female, needs to properly know how to use it because, like I say, you have to respect the power of a pistol or a gun um, for the most part. Question? Next question. Um, <laughs> did you write questions down? I did. <laughs> you didn't write them down? Ask. All right, go ahead. My fault. All right, see, go ahead. Um, I was going to ask, with being a father, it's it's two and one. Okay. It's two and one. So with being a father, what is one, I guess, your proudest moment or one of your favorite moments of being a father? And number two, how do you think fatherhood changed you? Uh, can, I go, can I go first this time? Yeah, go ahead. Hand to your business, uh, man. I think I'll do it how fatherhood changed me, then I'll go to my proudest moment. Fatherhood changed me. Um, I, I'll say this. And... and Kudos to your mother. Um, you know, your mother's always been a great mother. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I know I'll probably get on nerves, so I'll say that in public. But <laughs> kudos to your mother because I really, when you were first born, I tried to do things like her. Um, like, and you know, uh, you kind of stated it before we, you know, when we first were born, you know, it was a rocky relationship and all like that. But I think once you got, once you got to the age of... Um, I think once you got to about maybe fourth grade, fifth grade, um, I really started to understand fatherhood more. And what I say, what I mean by that, because I started teaching the age group that you were in, 
And I was able to kind of say, okay, so this is how this is. This is how that Lizzie acts the same way. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I think my fatherhood and my parenting skills changed, you know, at that point in time. I think I've always tried to be honest with you. I think I've always tried to, you know, be matter of fact with you. I think maybe even to a certain degree, I may have thought that I was protecting you from certain things. And honestly, even being naive to a certain degree, you know, because, you know, people always say, well, not my child. Or, you know, mm -hmm. say, especially men was always say, not my baby girl. But then it came to a point in time where I had to realize, like, okay, she's not um, uh, Lizzie anymore. She's going to always be Lizzie as far as the nickname. But even I think I said it in just week 16, I said, I saw the transition from Lizzie to Elizabeth. Where she started to wear the makeup, where she started to get her hair done, where she started to, you know, want to become out her own shell. Real quick story, Rod. About three Thanksgivings ago, we go up to North Jersey. We go to uh, Irving, uh, North, and we went to go to my aunt's, uh, my, uh, um, my my cousin's girlfriend's house. And you know, I'm used to seeing Lizzie dolled up. You know, she dressed up. She got the hair. She got the yaki and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And yo, they, <laughs> she walks in, and they're like, "Yo, who is this?" And I'm like, "That's Liz." And they were like, oh, my goodness, like, yeah. But see, what it was, it was that transition from her being that young, that little girl, that little uh, uh, eighth grade, seventh grade girl mm. to this almost grown-looking woman. I'm not going to say grown, but grown-looking woman. And mm. that's when I realized, you know, okay, I, ha I, I, um, I had to change. So and we've always had those talks. We had those talks about sex. We had those talks about boys. We had those talks about how to carry yourself as a young lady. Um, so, you know, those were my moments or that was probably how fatherhood changed me. As far as a proud moment, um, I can say, and this is all honesty, the way you have bounced back from a lot of different situations. Um, you know, I see a maturity in you. I think that, you know, and uh, um, Anaya could probably agree, you know, being a teenager isn't hard. I mean, it's hard. Being a teenager with parents or fathers like us is probably hard. Being a teenager that has expectations is probably hard. Um, but my proudest moment is where you are now. Um, and what I mean by that, and I got some other moments that I'm proud of, like, you know, of course, you know, I'm proud that you, you know, that, that you started your own makeup line and you doing, you was doing, you know, makeup with the girls for prom and, you know, you doing hair and, Dyed your own hair, like yeah, like I'm proud of those things. Those are those are minor accomplishments. Mm. But the thing I'm proud of her now is the way she bounced back, and she knows what I mean. I'm not gonna go into detail, but I, you know, I I I I hear some, you know, some 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 um change, and I just hope that as she gets older and has more life experiences, she sets herself on a path to where she knows she wants to be. I mean, I did dumb mm -hmm. shit when I was a teenager. I'm more sure Rod did dumb shit as a teenager. Although Anaya's three Never. years. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> high school together. We went to high school together. Although Anaya is three years older than you, I'm more sure she's done dumb shit and still doing dumb shit. That's part of growing up. That's what, the, honestly, that's what high school years are for. But a lot of people don't bounce back from it. So that would be my yeah. proudest moment. Like I say, you know the small little accomplishments, of course. Like I say, you know, you you know, you doing a makeup thing. Um, and, and I'll say it real quick, real quick, and I'm, I'm, and I'm you know, I get along with it, but I'm gonna say this too. Um, another proud moment is the fact of like 
you're at, you have, and, and if I'm wrong, then you correct me, but you kind of like got out of being with the in crowd um, to a certain degree. Like I know, and I'm, you know, her little, her little middle school friends, like the, the Jenna Reese's and all of them, like that used to be like, everybody wanted to fit in with the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's like now, like, you know, I mean, from what I know, like, you got friends, but I know you got like about one or two roadies. So it's kind of like, I guess you're becoming more independent. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, I mean, shit, I don't know at all, but I, I don't think, have blood friends. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's just the fact of like, from what I can see, as far as those moments, um, you know, uh, uh, those are what have made me proud. And it'll probably be more to come. Um, I, I know, like I said, you, you know, you want to have your own business and you want to do this and you want to do that. And I know you want to go to school. Those are the things that we I expect from you. But you know, it's the it's the stuff that you do independently, independent of me and your, your mother and I, and even Mr. Clifton and even Anitra that you know make you you know think, kind of stand out so i'll be quiet from there wait i wanted to say something <laughs> go ahead go ahead um when you said that being a teenager is hard it's like as at 15 16 you feel like somebody pushing you in the hallway is the biggest problem of the of the the, the year so i like to follow a new rule like uh, i don't put as much energy into like i used to argue all the time people Used to, I fought somebody the day before my 18th birthday. I was like, I'm not fighting you when I turn 18. I'm leaving that in 17. So, um. You used to I, fight I, a lot? You used to fight a lot? No, I used to want to fight a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I used to. Yo, y'all like two I'm, peas in a pod. Y'all like two like peas in a pod. Yeah. I'm an arguer, but I can argue for days, hours, years. And if you don't want to fight again, that sucks. But, um, I don't put as much energy into certain situations that I did before. Because I like to follow the um, ten rule. Okay. Is it gonna matter in ten minutes? Is it gonna matter in ten months? Is it gonna matter in ten years? Okay. Chances are, it's gonna matter in ten ten minutes, obviously, because you're gonna dwell on it for like a day. But right. it's not gonna matter ten weeks from now. It's not gonna matter ten um, ten years from now. Like, yeah. why are you focusing on this boy who who said he didn't want to go to prom with you and he took this girl to the life? Like, it's not that's not important. Let, let me um, let me. Let me ask you this, Anaya, and, 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 and this is, you know, like I said, you got about two years or three years over uh, over, over the list. Do you think that, um, do you think that, uh, and this is not a question I have prompted, but this is kind of like what I'm going to ask you. Do you think that it, it, during those 16, 15, 16, 17, during those years, that what other people said to you mattered than what your parents said to you? Yes. As, as a, a teenager... You think your parents don't know anything and your friends know it all, which is dumb because they only been here as many years as your parents have been here double that. Uh -huh. So um, I don't want to say I regret not listening to my parents, but because everything happens for a reason, everything had a consequence and that's what it is. But um, sometimes I wish I just didn't go, like, go with the crowd. Like I had a friend who my mom um, from freshman year was like, I don't like her, I'm bad feeling about her. Uh -huh. Like I don't want to around her and she turned around and stabbed me back. So... I'd be like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't know her. Like, I know everything. I'm 17. I can do what I want. No, <laughs> but you can't. And it took um, a couple of situations like boyfriend issues or fighting or losing friends or arguing with the girl that you were hugging yesterday to um, to get to this point. So, um, I mean, everybody has a different timeline. Like, some people realize that at 25, some people realize that at 12. Right, right. Do you, um, you said you came up with that, um, that 10 rule. Was that something that you came up with, or was that something that you read, or was that something that you know? I heard it. With you? I don't know where I heard it. I don't know if I read it. I don't know if I 
saw on a TV show, probably was a TV show, uh-huh. but it wasn't exactly like what I said. It was just like, is it going to matter? Listen, that shit, that's something that grown people can use. So y- y'all at like y'all at the teenage years or you at almost 20 is saying that at this stage of the game, that's something that grown people should uh, follow or whatever. But uh, go ahead. Uh, Rasan, did you want to say something? Uh, go ahead. Oh. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll answer the question. Um, I believe the question was my proudest moment. In proudest moment and how fathers change you. Yeah. Um, well, of course, there's a lot of proud moments, but the two that stick out to me the most um, uh, was when the first one was when Anaya was in uh, ROTC in high school and they had a, a nationals tournament in Kentucky. And um, it was hard for me to make that tournament, but I made it. Um, but watching her lead her, what's it called? It's a troop, right? Is that what y'all call um, her, her team? Um, and their drills, and you know, actually lead them to 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 medal and get trophies. Um, I was I was proud because she embraced she embraced her fear. She embraced the leadership skills that I wanted her to have. And you know, we you know we talked earlier about you know not being a follower and being a leader. And that showed me that she had that in her to lead others. The other proud moment is more so is more recent is um i didn't tell you this anaya but you actually um standing on what you felt and believed in and you know how you felt about being in college and what you really wanted to do and actually having the courage to say this is not what i want to do i actually want to enlist in the military and i when i was in high school i wanted to go into the military instead of going to college because the funds wasn't there but my my mom had such a stronghold over me at that time, you know, it was just kind of like I, I respected her that much. And she was like, you're going to college. You better find a college to apply to. I was just like, well, I'm going to college. Um, so, state you know, your college. State your college. State your college. No, <laughs> like, no. Nah. Lake University uh, found it 18-something. No, nah, I'm kidding. What? Uh, <laughs> First black college. That's why I always uh, do it. The first black college. I know, I know, I know. But seriously, though. So yeah, so those are my proud moments. Um, and how has father changed me? So I have two children. So fatherhood has changed me in two different ways. Um, I'm trying not to be long-winded. Um, and as it pertains to Anaya, I had I had one idea of how I was going to be before I became a parent, which was my child's not going to do this and so. And when they talk about they want to have sex, it's going to be this and so. And the one thing I've learned throughout this journey of fatherhood is that don't work. What that does is it usually tends to push, I don't care if it's a male or female child, when you take that approach, it usually puts them towards the thing you don't want them to be messing with. So I've learned that, um, you know, I had to change my approach. I had to become transparent in some ways without divulging too much information, but be transparent, um, being more honest, not to say that I, I would lie to my child, but, you know, telling her the truth about what my struggles were when I was her age and what struggles I've had as a, you know, as a parent, um, being the father of a son, which I never saw coming, um, it changed me in the sense of making me, for lack of better terms, I guess, more sensitive, I guess. Um, and what I mean by that is I was actually, um, I didn't have to, Anaya was like, she was like a different, she was different for a little girl. And I always felt like I was prepared to be the father of a daughter. And I always knew I was going to have a daughter first. So it was kind of like I just rolled right into right into that role. It was just kind of like this is nothing. Playing with Barbie dolls and 
tea parties and <laughs> friends and talking about sex. All that stuff actually came easy for me. But being a father to a to a four year old boy, it's, boy is like different because I knew what I went through growing up. Um, you know, being the only male child, excuse me, being raised by you know a single mother, and you know there's, there's things that I don't want him to experience as a as a young man or as a young male, I should say, growing up that I did experience. Um, and so I'm very protective of how people treat him. Um, I don't care if it's family, I don't care if it's strangers, I don't care if it's teachers. And, you know, sometimes he gets me when he cries because he's, he's way more emotional than I was at four years old, which is, that weirded me out. Like I had a, a, a friend of mine, she told me, cause she has three boys and she was like, where's the more sensitive girls? And I was like, how is that so? Like we're, we're dudes, like we're supposed to be tougher. But seeing him, it's like this dude cries like every day to the point where when he don't cry, I'm like, yo, you went X amount of days without crying. Let's keep it up. But, you know, when he when he cries for a valid reason, sometimes that tugs on me a little bit. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't allow him to manipulate me. But it's kind of like I don't want him to hurt in this way. I don't want him to hurt in that way. So, you know. I think just raising a boy and a, a male and a female, it's, it's changed me um, in those in those two different ways. So. Right. I have another question before go Wayne goes on the rant. Um, <laughs> I got a question this time, but go ahead, go ahead. Um, so how y'all asked us in the beginning, um, what's it like with you guys being our, our parent, I mean, our dads, right. what's it like yeah. for us being your daughters? Yeah. Um, what's it like, y'all being our daughters? Okay. You like us? Well, it's yeah. yeah. I, I like it, but it's. I would say it's a reflection of. Um, now I realize that Lizzie's always been like when 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 she was younger, it was, it was. I guess you know it was easy. And what I mean by that is because um, you no, know, I would. I had to learn, like I said, how to be a parent. Um, you know, at a young age or whatever, and I tried to parent like her mother initially. Um, but then, like I say, once we kind of went. And, you know, did what we did as far as our Splitsville type of thing. And she would come on the weekends and things of that nature. Mm. You know, it, I just remember the things that my father did, you know, and, you know, we would go to the movies or we would go to the park and we would do certain things and we would have conversations. Um, you know, I used to read to her at night. Like, a matter of fact, um, when I, my first apartment in, in Philly, I had a toddler bed. And she would sleep, you know, sleep in the toddler bed in the room. And, you know, she would watch Dora and things of that nature. So it was easy in the beginning. Um, around, like I say, maybe sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you know, I had to realize like, okay, she's not, you know, just a, a little girl anymore. She's starting to develop, you know, little boys are starting to like her, you know, she's a cute young lady, you know, so that part was like, okay. And, and here's the thing, like everybody's always say, man, you got to watch out for it. Like I was never nervous about like boys or things of that nature. My biggest thing was like, yo, like I always tell just respect yourself. You know what I'm Because I know how that could go. Um, you know, uh, I would say now, you know, probably the last two years I've learned that, you know, I was naive to a certain degree because, you know, she's a young lady. And also it's not only she a young lady, but she is like me. So like I said, initially, there are times where, you know, if I'm like, if somebody tells me no, I'm like, well, I don't want to hear no. I want to do it my way. Or I want to try to manipulate the situation to my benefit. Or I want to try to, I want to do what I want to do. And it's not, and here's the thing, like, you know, it's a bad thing when you're not honest with yourself about it. Uh, and like I said, I know it's plenty of times I put myself in situations, 
But, you know, um, her being my daughter is wouldn't change for anything in the world. To be honest with you or not, I wouldn't change for anything in the world because it's made me a better person. I think that now as she's starting to come into adulthood, she knows what she uh, wants to do. And I think that, I, like I said, I always give kudos to her mom because her mother and her foundation instilled a lot of things into her as well. But me, you know, I just try to be honest with her. Um, then at times I dropped the ball. You know what I'm saying? At times I dropped the ball. At times I was probably, you know, I probably could have been this or I probably should have did that. Or, you know, I mean, shit. I, I could count probably on one hand at times I spanked her. And I know people don't believe in spanking, but I probably, I think I spanked her maybe when she was like three, maybe when she was like eight. And I think maybe the last time I think I spanked her, maybe it was like, it was a long time ago. I know one time recently I mushed her. I like with her, I pushed her side of the head because she was getting on my nerves so much one time because I was like, yo, you ain't thinking, you know, whatever the case may be. But, you know, um, as far as her being my daughter, I mean, you know, I I, I, I mean, and I'm not going to say like, I mean, this shit, this parenting shit is not easy, but, you know, I I, um, I wouldn't change, of course, anything in the world. And I, I would say that there's different levels to it. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know. I want to ask y'all a question. Um, you never uh, want to answer the question? You got to answer the question first because I got a bad. question. Go I'm ahead. Bad. <laughs> ask me the question again. Um, you asked us what's it like, um, what you guys being our fathers, what's it like us being the fathers? Um, it's a challenge. I, I think uh, being a father of a daughter, you you've shown me um how to be a better a better example for you of for what to expect in a male. Um, you've challenged me on my parenting practices and how to be a better listener. Um, I think you, I think you really set a good way for your brother <laughs> in, in, in terms of what he'll get. But of course, when he demonstrates certain behaviors, I'll deal with it accordingly. But um, it's 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 good. I mean, it's a challenge, but it's a it's a welcome challenge because I I prepare. I, I've told you this story time and time again. I prepared for fatherhood long before um, you were even conceived. Um, you know, I say I was going to be a better father than my than my father was to me, and I've worked for about twenty years now trying to be that um, in your life. Um, is there anything I would change? No, because everything that happens allows me to grow as a person, and it helps me hopefully to help you become a better person in your journey to to into adulthood. So. Now, let me ask my question. Well, no, my question was first, but she got. No, was it? Yes, it was. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Nye. What, what you was going to say? I said, I said, not to my own one, but I think I came out pretty great. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. But listen, before I forget, because you got a bad short term memory. Oh, my gosh. Listen, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Because I want to lighten the mood. I don't want to, I don't want to become where, you know, it's like, oh, we. Dad's ah, we're dad's ah, that's my dad. <laughs> but I know I'm it's gonna, not that type of question though. All right, well, let, let me let, go ahead, right. man. Go ahead, go ahead. All right. So, based on what he said a few minutes ago, in terms of the topic of sex and boys, if you guys had to give us a letter grade from A to F, what would you grade us on how we've handled those topics, and why do we get those grades? <laughs> question, question. Um, do we get a F? No, I'm just kidding. You would get like an A because A minus. I'm not gonna gas you too much. Well, you know how um, I feel about Greece. How are you gonna give me an A minus? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, like what? Like I said before, in situations where my mom was just freaking out, like, oh, I don't want her to be like me. Oh my gosh, she's having sex. Like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna kill her. You were like, well, we can't stop her. 
she's she's gonna do what she's gonna do regardless. So if she's gonna do it, this is what I'm gonna do. And you sat down, you had a conversation with me about these N words and how they treat females and how to be careful. And I'm a, sometimes I'm a dumb female, so we take we take the crap from them. But I think you did pretty good. Let it grade. Not us. B plus. Okay. Just because of the fact that it's hard, like having to talk to your dad about sex, like that's just kind of weird. Right. Kind of weird. Like you don't want to have that conversation with your dad about sex or whatever. Um. But no, no, no. I was gonna say, but even when we did have the conversation, you know, my dad explained to me, you know, respect yourself first. Mm. You know, be safe. You know, like that type. So that part, I would say he did good. Um, the whole boy thing. I don't know. I don't know. That was a little part. Yeah, I mean, my dad has met two of the guys that I've dealt with. I mean, from what I know from the conversation that he's had, um, you know, they went pretty well. But, you know, my dad is, um, he's a little tough cookie. So, it's kind of hard, you know. I've never brought a like a guy around my family before let alone my dad so you know that was kind of scary like mm. i didn't know how he was gonna react i'm so used to my dad like being so hard and like ah like scary and stuff so you know <laughs> I th- <laughs> it was I just kind of think you know and i don't want to cut you off but i think um for, for ryan you could probably agree and i think anaya said it even for for, for liz you know and I'm going to say this, like, I remember um, when my parents, my parents, my father, we never had a conversation about sex. Uh, like, um, like that was, like, that was a conversation that my, I think my mother, I think my father, I think my father, yeah, and you know your grandfather lived, like, my father was, like, I think I had a girl in the house, mm. and I thought I was going to get in trouble. This is God, honest truth. Girl in the house. And he came home from work, saw me and, the, me and the girl sitting on the steps. So, like, you know how the houses were back in the day. Saw mm-hmm. us sitting on the steps, went upstairs for a minute. I was, I'm scared. I'm like, I told the girl, I'm like, yo, yo, you gotta go. Y'all about to get in trouble. This, this, and that. Mm-hmm. So he came back downstairs. He's like, oh, I was about to leave. I thought you was gonna hit that. So it was, <laughs> it was like, 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 like that was the conversation that he had with me. Uh-huh. Like, you know, because why? I'm a male. So right. the double standard. Is I think what I've always shared with Liz, or I've tried to share with her, like is the double standard and how you're going to be perceived compared to a male. Um, uh, and, and one of the things that I do agree, on, even now as 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 an adult, women can do this the same as men. It's a double standard, but you know, we, if you are safe and you protect yourself and you are secure with yourself, uh, it's what it is. But one of the things that I try to make sure that 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 I say to her was that if you're going to do it. Please make sure that you're doing it because you want to do it, not right. because you feel as though you're pressured. I think I've shared that with her. Um, what did your mom say to you about sex? What was her talk? When I, I, I was, that, that, oh, you talk, you asking me or you asking you her? No, I'm asking you. So here's the thing. Now you know we grew up, we grew up in Edison, right? So <laughs> my mother, my mother was like, "Yo, don't bring the white girls in my crib." <laughs> <laughs> now, you know how your Lele is. Uh, she was like, "Don't bring no." You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you know, whatever. But she was like, I think, like I said, she never asked me if I was having sex. She mm. just was like, um, like she knew girls, like I had girls that might be calling the house or may, mm. you know, seek interest or whatever the case may be. And um, 
she just was more like, okay, um, this is what you need to be doing. And I don't think she didn't like Bobby any rubbers or prophylactics or condoms or anything like that. I mm-hmm. think it was just a given type of thing that she, you know, just make sure you protect yourself. And, and I, I, you know, I mean, like I always used to say to Liz, I was a late blower. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. the cool dude in school. Like we had friends, but I wasn't the guy that was getting it like that. You know what I'm saying? It was just happenstance or whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, I, think, I think our experience was 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 kind of familiar because yeah. I never had to talk either. Like you know, people talk. They used to say the birds and the bees, and I still to this day don't know what the hell that is. But I, I right. never, neither one of my parents had to talk with me about sex. My mom's standpoint was, you better not bring a girl in here. Right. And, I mean, she's pregnant. Right. If you do, I'm gonna that make you stay here. That was the extent of her conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I said yeah, earlier, yeah, what? she's gonna make me take care of it, whether it was yeah. mine or not. Yeah. This was yeah. in high school. Oh. This was in high school. Yeah. And then I said earlier, when my father decided to come back around when I was like 15 years old, his idea was being a, of being a father was taking me to the strip club. Now, I wasn't having sex at this time, but what he said, the only thing he ever said to me one day was, I'm not telling you to have sex, right. but if you decide to, here, use these. And he threw right. me a stack of 12, 12 stacks of condoms. And he was just like, here. I'm like, but, I wouldn't even think about it. I'm doing all these. But, but here's the thing. I think I think it was the era. I think uh, it was the time. I think that you know, like for for our parents, it, you know, our our grandparents never talked to our parents about sex. You know what I'm saying? Like that was the era. Our parents never really kind of talked to us. And I think, like you say, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do, I wanted to break the norm of how my parent or how my father yeah. raised me. Like I said, my father was hard. He was to the bricks. He was like, you know, he was militant to a certain degree. So he was every basically Wayne Sharif C was like everything I say goes. Right. Ain't no, ain't no really gonna be whereas with yes. this, I try to I, I I try to be hard but fair, um uh-huh. or whatever. And uh, and I wanna I wanna I wanna I'm asking this question, but I wanna make this point about what she's saying about me meeting a friend of hers, um, um, you know, m- most recently. And what I said to her, uh, no, excuse me, what I said to the young man was like, yo, disrespect my daughter. Like, don't, don't. Don't have me come looking for you because you disrespected my daughter. And I don't mean like, you know, they gonna get into an argument or whatever. Like, don't put your hands on my daughter. Don't call my daughter no bitch. Don't do none of that type of stuff because it's gonna be a problem. And I mean that. I mean that with anybody. Like, as long as you don't disrespect my daughter, that's fine. Now, if she does something to you that you deem disrespectful, then you mm-hmm. walk away. You know right. or, or y'all, you know, y'all gotta work that out. Cause I, I I can say this, you know, there are probably a lot of things that I've done, you know. In, in my experience of dealing with women that I wish I could take back, but I don't want, and I, I guess you can call me a hypocrite, but I don't want my mm-hmm. daughter to have to go through that. And I'll admit it that I'm a hypocrite in that mm-hmm. regard, but it's just me as a parent. But ladies, I do have a question. I do have a question. Would you date a guy like your father? And why? Why or why not? Wait, wait. Here's the thing. <laughs> Would you date a guy like your father's, knowing how your fathers are, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you got to explain why or why not? I don't care who goes okay. there. I have a guy best friend who has been friends with me since I was 15 years old. He always says to me, I always be like, oh, what's my type? And he's like, I don't know, because you say you like this type of guy and you end up dating guys that are completely opposite. He's like, he's like, um, aren't you supposed to like attract guys that are like your dad? So ask your dad how he was as a like a 19-year-old. According to Taisha, it's in line with the type of guys I meet up with. None of my business. But um, that's so yeah. He's convinced that like I like guys intentionally because he's not gonna like them. Like he's like he don't like nobody. Like 
And the way these guys are set up, it's like, I'm, I'm not letting my dad be so I know that it's going to be something long-term. Like, when I had two boyfriends before I was 18. Like, when I was a long-time boyfriend. They met my parents because I was a minor. So part of the deal was you want a boyfriend, I want to meet your boyfriend. Now, I don't feel like, like, my mom and I have a type of relationship where we could talk about our hoes and the guys that we talk to. I'm going to come to my dad, like, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. We talk, and he said this, 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 this. Like, I know I'm trying to stress him out, but um, like, I don't know. I'll be dating the wrong guys. So, like today, for instance. Wait, remember the guy? The guy from downstairs talking about? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so today, well, yesterday he found out something crazy or whatever, and he's like, "Tell your dad, tell your dad." I'm like, "You don't understand. My dad doesn't care." Like. I was like, not that he doesn't care, but like, what is he gonna do? Like, he's gonna go punish me. Like, I understand if I was like in high school, said so I was a minor. So he's like, tell your dad that you cheated on me. So I'm like, daddy, I've been told to tell you that I cheated on so and so. And he's like, what do I care? <laughs> he was like, that's what your, like, father what your father yeah, said. Your father said. Yeah, he's like, he basically, what they gotta do with me? And then I was like, um, uh, we was gonna say something. He was like, if I, he was like, young people, y'all young people, y'all don't respect each other anyways. So if I give you advice, I'm not gonna listen anyway. So don't send me nothing. I was, I was like, Rasa, what? And he told me, I was father, like, he's like, yeah. I was like, um, you say? your father said you said that to her. Yeah, but I was gonna yeah, paraphrase, but yeah, I said it. Because I was like, he was like, I'm gonna tell you, I'm I'm like, it's one thing if you show my dad the proof you have, like that will really make you want to punch me in the face. But I couldn't, like, my dad is not. You stay like, with oh my God, Anaya! Why would you cheat on him? Yeah, you stay with a punch somebody in the face. Lizzie, would you uh uh, uh would you date somebody like your father? Yes and no. The person you are right now, yes. Um, back then, no. Back back when? <laughs> no. <laughs> Last back week. When? No, I, I feel like if wait wait wait. Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you a question. When you say back then, are you talking about when you were younger and I was dealing with mom or with the mother? Or are you talk like you gotta give me some context? Like, okay, so not everything I know, but from what I do know, probably like I guess before, yeah, before, like when you and mom were messing, like when y'all was together when I was younger and before then. Why are you laughing? What's so funny? What do you know? I just, I just want to. I don't want to know what you want to know now. We, we that'll be a three-hour show for the podcast. But I can only, I can only imagine what, what uh, your mother has probably said about me. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Finish your point. Finish your point. Go ahead. But no, the person you are now, yes, because you know the way that you and Nini's relationship are. Well, is what's the word I'm looking for? I guess I look up to it. I guess in a way. Uh -huh. Um, the, you know, even though y'all go back and forth sometimes or whatever, y'all, you it's know, you gotta always bounce back. Yeah, it's always me. It's always me, though. I, I be, I be, I be. You know, <laughs> you know and y'all are kind of like yin and yang type right, thing. Right. You right. know, like. I agree. Even if, like, you're, you know, you're tripping or whatever, she's like, nah, you gotta chill, like, you yeah. know, type time. So I do, you know, with your parents, you know, like when you had, like when you see, you know, their relationships and whatnot, you know, that's what you look for. Right. So, you know what I mean? So I would say, yeah. no, not in the past, but now, yeah. yeah. It's like, but for me, it's like, I can't go through some of my parents' relationship because when I was five, they got divorced, so I don't remember nothing. But from what I remember growing up, they were like best friends. Like they work, they seem like they work better as friends than as a couple up until recently, my mom started bugging. 
and nobody wanted to deal with her because she's annoying, which is okay. But like my birthday's up, but I mean, well, my birthday. Um, my dad told me how to shave, but like, he didn't teach me like say nice type shave. Like he told me what I needed to do. Told me how to shave. He had the sex talk with me. Like my mom never, she didn't like stuff that a teen, like a mom is supposed to do. She didn't do that. My dad always did that, and like I was at her for it. Like maybe she wasn't comfortable doing it. Like when they found out I was having sex, she's like, "What's well, so all you need to come get your daughter?" Like. She never like sat up there and tried to have a conversation with me. She's just yelling, yelling, yelling. My dad has always had conversations with me. Like, um, even if my dad didn't teach me, I learned it from other people. When I was in middle school and I first got my when I got my first menstrual, one of my one of my counselors taught me how to use a pad. My mom never told me how to use a pad. Like mm. my mom wasn't I don't know, maybe she wasn't comfortable. So now I think she's trying to um make make up for it by trying to be like besties. But um my dad is always going to be my bestie. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was going to say, to piggyback off that, um, my dad and I always have had a good relationship. Even when I was younger, I've always kind of been like the daddy's girl. So, you know, my dad spoils me, you know, whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just, you know, but I will say, you know, especially as I got older, I did appreciate the fact that he would have real talks with me and real conversations with me because sometimes I feel like my mom wouldn't. Like, she wouldn't Yo. really. No, shut up. But go ahead, Lizzie. I apologize. Go ahead, baby. But, um, you know, like, my mom and I really didn't have real conversations until I got older, but my dad has always treated me like, you know, I don't want to say like a person because my mom treats me like a person, but she wouldn't have that conversation with me until I was older, but my dad has always been open and honest and has always given me the opportunity to be open and honest with him. You know, when my mom is kind of like, like a push and pull, we always pull and push for power with each other just because, you know, women, we just, we clash. I was That's about to say that. I was about to say that. My dad has always said that. Yeah. My yeah. dad has always said that. Yeah. Especially because of the fact that she sees a lot of him and me, like personality-wise. Um, you know, you know it's true, but yeah, you know. So with that, I, I'm happy that he has, you know, always tried to be open and honest with me and given me the opportunity to, because you know, not everybody has that, and it's good to have that. You know? hey. Hey Ra, I want to say one thing um, before we go, and I want to do. I want to say this. Um, I remember a good friend of mine's uh, brother by the name of Joe Mears. He passed away. He was a, a police officer in Philadelphia. He was a good, good guy. He passed away recently, but he told me he said at a young age he has four girls, and he said to me that you're gonna have to be the constant in your daughter's life because her mother and her they're gonna. All, and I remember I even said this to to Anitra one time that. As them being women, Lizzie is going to buck against them because she's trying to find adulthood, like women adulthood. You have to be the constant. And that's one of the things that I try to be. Like I said, I'm not, I know I'm not perfect. I know that, they, you know, I mean, I wasn't, you know, there for certain situations, but I would never take away the fact that I wasn't, I, I know I'm a good father. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm a good father um, or whatever. So, but I know that. Um, I, I try to at least pride myself on being um, at least, like I say, uh, constant as far as it being real and being honest. And there are a lot of there are a lot of mistakes that you know that that I could say that I've made um, in that regard. 
But I would like to say, and this is this is this is like therapeutic um, for for me. Although my power keeps going out, this is definitely therapeutic for me <laughs> because of the fact that like I'm, I'm I'm looking at the both of you young ladies, and I'm seeing that I knew, of course, I knew a Lizzie when she was little, but I remember a nine when she was younger, and Rasan really uh, the few times he would bring her around when you first started coming, you first started living and being in Philly. And I could see the young lady that um, you become, Anaya. And I could also see, of course, the growth in my own child. Um, you know, and, and, and that's definitely, uh, uh, of course, a good thing and a blessing because that's a tribute to not only we as your fathers, but of course, you know, we is trying to instill good values in you guys. This is the Dr. Dust Podcast. You gonna do the sound? Yes, sir. <laughs> Try this at home. Try this at home. You are listening to the Doc and Dust Podcast. Please subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Castbox, Spotify, and your favorite podcast app and website. Subscribe now. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, you've been listening to the Father's Day episode of the Doc and Dust Podcast with our special guests, Lindsay and Anaya J. Lizzie, Lizzie, Elizabeth, you said, <laughs> what I say? You said Lizzie. Lindsay, like Lindsay, like Lohan, it's Elizabeth. I thought I said Lindsay. You said Lindsay. You said Lindsay. Yeah, come on, man. All right, man, you, you messed it up, you messed she it up. She said like Lohan. <laughs> but uh, listen, so uh, um, um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, I guess conclude soon. Is there anything else that you would like to tell us or share with us? I mean, I know we could go on and on and probably just talk to you guys. Like I said, this is therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything yes. that you guys would like to share? Um, uh, before we kind of you know, last thing I could talk all day. Um. <laughs> Um, me and my dad didn't, we've always had a good relationship, like, my mom's side family was, like, like side side, like, whatever she wants, she can have it, get her all the secrets, get all the clothes, and what's for her, give her money, my dad wasn't like that, my dad supported me emotionally, and, um, focused on my mental, as opposed to buying me the latest Jordans, and as I am about to turn 20, I realized that at 16, that wasn't something that should have been a priority for me, but, you know, 16 year olds have different priorities, and, I say that because um, when I was um, like 10 or 11, maybe nine, my dad, I don't know what happened, but my dad was not really messing with me. And I remember he told me to write him a letter saying what a father is to daughter. Like, why does a girl need a father? And I, I still and have I, that letter to this day. I want to read it. I said, um, father's supposed to be there for me and buy me stuff for my birthday and for Christmas <laughs> and buy me toys. And, I remember we didn't, <clears throat> I didn't see him, like, I was supposed to see him for Thanksgiving. I hadn't seen, I didn't see him for like three, four months. And while my, he was, while I was upset, my mom was like, he's not anymore. What do you, what do you expect from a, a child? As I'm older, that's not going to me at all. I don't care about getting new Yeezys or a new MacBook as long as I have a good relationship with my parents. He was actually 11 at the time. You knew better. Same difference. <laughs> Liz, you want to say something? What do I want to say? I mean, I could talk all day about my dad, but he always says that everybody loves Liz. I have, you know, noticed that um, as I've gotten older. And even when he says that about me, I've noticed that a lot of times. Like the thing that he says about me, I see in him with a lot of 
people, you know, um, you know, I guess the apple doesn't fall wrong the tree. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of the lessons and things that he would say when I was younger, I didn't understand. But now as I'm getting older, I guess now it's making sense and things are starting to fall into place. Like before, I never understood why he would always tell me to think. Like, I think every day, like, why do I need to think? Like, what are you talking about? Um, but now as I'm older and, you know, I'm doing different things and such. And, you know, the world is different situations and such. Now I understand why he would say what he would say. Um, and everything's just kind of starting to come into play. So I'm thankful for him instilling in me all the things that he tried to teach me that I didn't want to hear because I'm stubborn. Um, I didn't want to hear it. He like, why is he still saying this? Like, can he like shut up now? Like, you know, type thing. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I understand. I think that just comes with maturity, though. And you yeah. know, having to go through different things. Uh, I want to say this real quick, Rob, just because I want to piggyback what Anaya said, and I want to make this point. Quick story. Lizzie might have been about five, six, seven years old. We were at um, Mill Creek Park. I think her brother was playing soccer. And I remember one time I, I was at the park with me, her, her mother, and some of her little friends. And um, the little girl was like, Lizzie, she said something to Lizzie. And Lizzie said, um, Lizzie said, oh, come on, let's go. My dad lets me do whatever I want. And they ran to the swings, right? And her mother, I remember her mother looked at me and said, yeah, uh-huh, see, even a child know. And, and, and I say that to say, Anaya, it was like, <laughs> I always wanted, I always, I'm not going to say I tried to buy affection or love, because I know that's not the case. But I always wanted Lizzie to not have to want for anything. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't want for anything as a child. Like, I always make sure, like, even, like, I remember every time, like, and Lizzie knows this for a fact. Every August, September, I'm like, yo, you know, I got your sneakers for school. What you want? I remember one time I bought LeBron's. Like, this was LeBron's was like a hundred something dollars. And I bought this and I bought that. But I, and the reason why I say that is because I never heard, I never wanted, I never wanted her to want for anything. Um, it felt as though she couldn't have it. Now, there were times where I was like, yo, you can't get it right now. Even probably her mother, you know, probably said the same thing. But at least from my standpoint, I never wanted her to feel as though she couldn't have um, because, you know, for whatever reason, either I couldn't get it or we couldn't afford it. Nah, like, I, you know, for the most part, I found a way. Um, and and I, I think over a period of time, I realized that that wasn't the way I had to realize that I had to give her more substance rather than material. And, you know, I mean, I think, you know, you guys are the proof um, of that um, in my eyes. And, and here's the thing, this, this parenting shit don't stop. I mean, like I said, she wants to go to school. She told me a few weeks ago, last time I think I seen her, she was like, yeah, I'm going to college, you know? So I know she knows what she has to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of singing her praise, you know, cause like I said, she's starting to bounce back or she's bounced back from, you know, just being a teenager, you know what I'm saying? And, and teenagers, you know, y'all go through things, you know what I'm saying? And, and we as adults, we go through things. And being a parent, you know, we go through things as parents because, um, you know, there's a lot of times, I mean, I don't know about you, Rob, but there's a lot of times I sat up at night like, what the hell? Like, that ain't you, but we don't realize it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I say all that to say, um, you know. I was just thing about uh, the whole, like, not wanting thing. I really do appreciate you. Like, my dad, like, if I want to get my nails done, yeah. usually my dad will pay, for, like, he'll pay for it. Like, yeah. there's sometimes when my nails come up for, like, 100 or something, like, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I go out for my nails. Yeah. Well, I do nails like, now, so. No. <laughs> $100. Say, say that again, Anaya. Say that again. Say that again. I said I, I, said I do nails now, so. Oh, all right, so you. $3 right. sets. I need my nails done. I'm feeling real ugly, so. You I'm got a job now. Up. You got a job now, sis. So you, you got a job anyway, now. So anyway, you anyway, job anyway. Now. Anyway. Yeah, you but, you know, my dad will always, like, pay for my nails, like, my hair, like, you know, he bring me flowers and stuff like that, you know, candies and stuff like that. Like Valentine's Day, my birthday, I get flowers. You know, right. Christmas, I get presents. Like stuff like that. I'm happy that my dad did because he set the bar for, you know, like my boyfriends or, you know, like relationships and stuff like that. Stuff that I should be getting. You know, this is expected of you. So I'm happy that my dad did do that because now I have a bar. Like for me. My dad always opens the door. If they, if my boyfriend, like, if I have a guy that doesn't open the door, we're done. You open the door. You put, like, you open the door for me when I walk in. You close the door for me when I'm in the car. Like, you know, what, stuff like what that. What side of the street should he walk on? What side of the street? You remember that? The side with the curve. Right. Yeah. I'm supposed you to walk supposed on to the right that. side. He's supposed to work on the left side. Right? Okay. All right. Well, you depending but, on. All right. Okay. All right. It depends like, on, like, how it is. I <laughs> wanted to make sure she was paying attention, Ron. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> When he told you um how to walk on the side of the street, what um like example did he use? Like, mm-hmm. did he use one? Like, do you say my dad was like, he was like, yeah, you gotta walk on the outside of the street because if a car come up on the curb, you gotta <laughs> the be car or something like something like that. Yeah, I said some silly shit like that. Who knows? Taking out like on Valentine's Day, he taught me how to open the door. Like, when God was doing for me, he's supposed to reach over, open the door for them. Like, he'd be like. He used to be like, don't, if the guy don't open the door for you, that's a red flag. Yes, yeah. they do that yeah. all the time. That happened, to, that happened to us uh, like before COVID. I think we went to PJ. We went to, um, yeah, we went that's to PJ. Crazy. And we was yeah. getting she was like, what kind of, like, then she said, like, what kind of beer do you want or something? Like, right. it was something yep. delicious. I think it was like um, the time when I had my hair straight, Daddy, and I was wearing them heels. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was like every time I go out. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, well, listen, listen we, what, what we're going to do, I, I just want to play this song, uh, and this is one of the songs that I enjoy. Um, I'm just going to play another song instead. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a comedian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I, and I enjoy it because this song, when it came out, of course it was a hit, but one of my favorite MCs, you guys, I don't know if you can see it, but I got my The World Is Yours hat on by Brother Nas. Let me guess. It's yeah. the Nas song. Um, the one with the, the daddy, song. the daughter song. One of my favorite songs. I love, I, I love the fact that we decided to do this episode. I love the fact that I like the young ladies that you guys are growing into and are becoming. I love the fact that, you know, my brother um, has um, imparted me with knowledge as a father before me, of course, but it's definitely kind of been a big brother to a certain degree as far as imparting wisdom on on me. Um, And I like the fact that the four of us were able to come on here and share stories, whether it be, you know, indifferent, positive, negative, you know what I'm saying? And just kind of just have a conversation about um, us being black fathers and, of course, you being young black women um, and how that all gels and comes together. So, you know, 
this is a beautiful thing, man. And, and, and of course, it's beautiful because we love our daughters, but it's also beautiful because the spirit in which, the spirit and the love in which we possess and to try to impart on you guys is definitely within it. So, I mean, that's all I got. Parents are not perfect. They're learning as they go. And from nine times out of ten, they're probably right about whatever they're talking about. Whether if they say this guy's blue, don't say it's red because they find no stuff. Advice to parents. Um, I would say check up on your kids. Most definitely make sure y'all talk. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a hard talk, it matters to them something. Just listen. Sometimes it's better just to listen than to try to talk. Um, advice to kids. Open up to your parents, you know, it's good to open up because if they don't know, they don't know. They can't help you if they don't know. Right. I'm trying to think of what else. Um, what else would I say? Yeah, listen to your parents. I would say that because most of the time they are right, even though I hate admitting it. But sometimes, you know, most of the time they are right. Uh, don't be in no rush to grow up because... Yeah, because he all like, I got to pay for my nails now. Yeah, listen. you, yeah, yeah, you got to go. No, no more, yeah, you about to be a senior, no job. Well, listen, we appreciate y'all, man. Of course, we appreciate you as our children. We appreciate you, like I said before, as young black women. Um, This is the Dr. Dunst Podcast. All right, listen. Uh, Anaya, appreciate you much love. Elizabeth, appreciate you much love. I'm Big Reef. That's Big Rod. This is the Dr. Dunst Podcast, all right? And this is much love. One love, y'all. Bye.